bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ye chosen seed of Israel's race, ye ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saved you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saved you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Let every kindred on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all oh that with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall we'll join the everlasting song and crown him lord of all we'll join the everlasting song and crown him You can be seated for just a moment. I want to welcome you to Barberville Baptist Church. Uh, just a couple of announcements. Don't forget, uh, no evening services tonight. Uh, no evening services tonight uh, inside your bulletin or a couple of other things that we have coming up later on in the month. Uh, don't forget, uh, at the end of the month this month will be our, our regular uh, fellowship meal, so uh, be prepared for that. I know some of you have asked about that. That will be coming up uh, on the fourth Sunday of this month. Um, as we begin our service, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll do our catechism question together. Father, we do thank you for this time. Lord, what a wonderful time it is to be in your house, to worship you, to glorify your name, to be with your people. Lord, to hear your word preached. Father, we're so thankful that, God, you have spoken to us through your word, and that, God, that your word applies to every area of our life. Lord, no matter where we are, no matter what our background is, no matter what we're going through, no matter, Father, what we will go through. Uh, Lord, your word gives us clear guidance, direction, and resources on how to live in this world. Uh, Lord, of what you have desired for us to do, but, Father, most importantly, what you have done for us in sending your Son to come and to die so that we can have victory over sin. Lord, that we can walk in faith and, and good measure with you. And, Lord, and also the promises that are therein, and, Lord, what you have prepared for us. Uh, after our time on this earth is over. Lord, we rejoice in your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, we pray that you would forgive us, Lord, of everything that we have done that we should not have done. Father, also forgive us for the things that we should have done that we did not do. Lord, we pray that this week you will give us opportunities to share the gospel with someone, give us times that uh, with a co-worker, with a family member, Father, even with a perfect stranger, and Lord, that we can share the good news of who Jesus is. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, catechism question number six inside your bulletin. Uh, I will read the question and then we will read the bold text together. In how many persons does this one God exist? 
in three persons. Where does Scripture teach this? Matthew 28, 19-20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hold on to your bulletin there for just a second. Our next hymn this morning is there inside, uh, Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Let's stand as we sing together. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the King. He, the theme of heaven's praises, robed in frail humanity. In our longing, in our darkness, now the light of life has come. Look to Christ who condescended, took on flesh to ransom us. Come behold the wondrous mystery, He the perfect Son of Man. In His living, in His suffering, never trace nor stain of sin. See the true and better Adam come to save the hell-bound man. Christ the great and sure fulfillment of the law in him we stand come behold the wondrous mystery christ the lord upon the tree in the stead of ruined sinners hangs the lamb in victory see the price of our redemption see the father's plan unfold Bringing many sons to glory, grace unmeasured, love untold. Come behold the wondrous mystery, slain by death the God of life. But no grave could e'er restrain him, praise the Lord, he is alive. What a foretaste of deliverance! How unwavering our hope, Christ in power resurrected, as we will be when He comes. What a foretaste of deliverance, how unwavering our hope, Christ in power resurrected, as we will be when He comes. Next hymn this morning is hymn 277. Take my life and let it be. Let's sing together. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. 
at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing Always only for my King Always only for my King Take my silver and my gold Not a mite would I withhold Take my moments and my days, let them flow in endless praise, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne, it shall be thy royal throne. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for all that you have done in our lives and all that you are doing. Lord, we pray at this time in our service where we give back to you, Father, out of what you have given to us. Lord, we pray, God, that you will take this money and use it for your kingdom's work. Uh, Lord, that as we already have seen you do, allow us as a church to reach beyond the borders of this wall and beyond the borders of this county uh, to impact the gospel around the world. And Lord, to see many people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, for your continued blessings. And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And you can be seated. Our psalm this morning is from Psalm 18, if you'd like to turn there. Psalm 18, I'll be reading verses 1 through 19. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompass me, and the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me, and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord, and I cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of the temple, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Then the earth shook and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains were trembling. And were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils, and fire from his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet. 
He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy around him, darkness of waters, thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him passed his thick clouds, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them, and lightning flashes in abundance and routed them. Then the channels of water appeared, and the fountains of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils. He sent from on high, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Good morning. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for your great mercy and grace. Lord, as we look upon your beauty, your holiness, and all that you are, may we be encouraged. May we approach you with true holiness, with true rejoicing and gladness, Lord, because of the work that you have done in us, that you have revealed yourself to us, that caused us, Lord, with the effectual call to come upon you, Lord, that we may worship you in all the beauty of your majesty, your splendor. Lord, we praise you. Help us, Lord, to have eyes this very day to see your glory in all that you are. Help us to see these thunderings and lightnings as just the uh, trinklets that come off of the bottom of your robe. Lord, that we see as in Isaiah chapter 6, Lord, you were just touching the bottom of the holiness uh, of who you are. Help us to understand it today as we go into Psalm 97, backed up again with Psalm uh, 18. Lord, we pray that you would do a fresh work among your people, that we may leave this place singing hallelujah, what a Savior, with great joy, knowing that we belong to you and that you are sovereign and have all things under control. Help us, Lord, this day Lord, these things are too holy for me. They're too high for me. And I plead with you that you would take over this vessel and preach unto us, Lord, that we may behold your glory. If you do not do it, Lord, this time is in vain. So we plead with you, Lord, I bring nothing at all. But if you do the work, Lord, it will be done. So bring glory to yourself this very day as we approach your word. And for the glory of the Lamb, we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you. Our psalm will be in Psalm 97 today. For the fact is, is that it was the psalm that me and Karen was going through at the time. And I remember telling Karen how great of a of, of psalm this is to be able to approach this psalm with great rejoicing uh, knowing who God is. So in Psalm 97, if you find your place, please stand with me to read in God's Word. And you'll see much things that will be written in here is 
uh, correlates with Psalm 18. The Psalm 97 says, The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes out before him and burns up his adversaries round about. His likeness lit up the world. The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declared his righteousness. And all the peoples have seen his glory. Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, O you gods. Zion heard this and was glad. And the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of the judgments, O Lord. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who preserves the soul of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown like a seed for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. You may be seated. Thank you. The title is very simply put this way today is Rejoice Again, I Say Rejoice. And that is a declaration unto us. We, we are to be a happy people. We are to have, uh, if you're happy inside, you're going to be happy outside. Amen. We are to be a, a, a rejoicing people to know unto whom we belong and that the power of God is the one that's done this work. Left to him, we'd have no happiness. We'd have no joy. We'd have no reason to, to rejoice. But this God, this omnipotent one, this Adonai, this Yahweh, the great I Am, the sovereign one, the exalted uh, title of Jesus Christ, which we will see here in just a minute, this Lord reigns over all things. And so in verses 1 to 6, we see that we should be rejoicing at his presence. 7 through 9, we'll see the rejoicing of his judgments. Then we'll see in verses 10 through 12, the rejoicing as his preservation. That's good news for us today as we look upon this psalm. So this psalm, I just want to give you a little, somewhat of an introduction here. This psalm is a psalm of enthronement. There are uh, many psalms and uh, themes that run through the psalms. It's set, uh, set apart. The 150 psalms are set apart in five volumes, uh, each one having uh, a corporate of many different types of themes in it. But this one is enthronement of the king, the kingship of God, knowing that this is a song looking to uh, this, this great God, which we should have a song in our heart. But well, we see here in this introduction after this, we see that the, the genre runs through this psalm, the psalm of hymns, singing praise unto the Lord throughout the week, throughout the day, and all the toughest of times to the greatest of times. But we have a tendency to find that our challenges in the hard times is be able to sing praise unto this God even in the hard times like we're facing this very day. 
the mercy that we have today is that we're able to hear the Word of God, whether it be through the Internet or whether we are here listening to the Word of God. The great privilege that we have today is God's Word. We should be so happy that we actually have a Bible in our hand and God unpacks uh, this for us as we look about this rejoicing. This, this whole uh, psalm that we have here, it's a song of psalms, a hymn. Uh, Robert Godfrey breaks it up, the five books that I was telling you, like this. 1 through 41 is the confidence in God's care. 42 through 72, commitment of God's kingdom. 73 through 89 is crisis over God's promises. 90 through 106 is a comfort in God's faithfulness. 107 and 150 is God is the promise keeper. And that's really good news, especially in the times that we look about today. We, we see that God is absolutely have dominion. He's absolutely sovereign. There's not a maverick molecule on this earth or anywhere else in heaven or anywhere else. God is on the throne. And so we see the, from the foundation of this Christian truth, this is where we begin and look at about the mercy of God and who He is. We need to understand this. this is, some say it's a, it's a view of a thunderstorm or a theophany. And either way, we see the glories of God, not even compared to the nature that we have. But when you look at a thunderstorm and the lightnings and all that, uh, you, you tremble at the thunderings and the, and the earth shaking and all this. But God is much higher than that. He gives us what we can comprehend. He covers himself in the clouds. So we see the first verse here that God, re, re, we are rejoicing in his presence, which we highly need today. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. So we see rejoice and reign because the Lord reigns. The Yahweh, the Lord right here, this is, this is Adonai here, is that we see, well, this book here is, uh, excuse me, it's uh, Yahweh, the great I Am. He introduces this vision by calling on the earth to, to rejoice in the establishment of the Lord's kingdom. Isn't it good to know that God is sovereign, immutable, righteous, and holy? He never changes. He gives us his word about his promise and who he is. He is our king, our great high priest. He gives us great joy knowing that anything that happens in this earth is to conform me to the image of his son, which I want. This is the covenant that we agreed upon, that he did all the agreeing, and I, was, I did all the surrendering. Amen? So, Lord, conform me into the image of your son. But we see that the Lord's kingdom is still established. It is coming to be established in this earth in the future time. And so we, we see when the, uh, we look upon this, the reason why we rejoice and the reason why we are to be glad, rejoice and glad and happy and everything else is because our God reigns. One drop of rain does not hit wildly somewhere. The Lord just makes a mistake and accidentally hits there. The Lord directs everything everything, including nature, everything on this earth. And this is a great promise for us. He even goes out to the coastland. He even rules the unconverted. Amen? He rules over everything. There's not a maverick molecule anywhere. And so we see this great dominion causes great joy. This great God that we have is, 
If God be for us, who could be against us? The answer is that it's absolutely no one. When we think about the answer, that's a glorious text. It doesn't even deserve a, uh, an answer to that question. If God be for us, who could be against us? We'll look at that later in just a minute. And so we see a picture here when we look about verse 2, the clouds and the thick darkness around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Again, this great joy of knowing who this God is, even coming close to thinking about how glorious he is, he gives a picture of Mount Sinai, chapter 19 of Exodus, and I'm going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to read 16 through 20 to give us an idea of his righteous judgment being the foundation of all things. And he came to about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightnings flashing and a thick cloud upon the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were there and the camp trembled. Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was all in smoke because of the Lord descended upon it in fire, and its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked violently. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke, and God answered, with him, thunder. And the Lord came down to Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Could you imagine the glory, the Shekinah glory coming down on Mount Sinai? But we also see the same kind of picture that we see when Christ hanging upon the cross, where the worlds tremble, when God came down and poured out his holy justice upon Christ himself, and the whole place trembled. It was thundering as a lightning, the Shekinah glory of God coming down. We see this, that uh, uh, Christ is a better Moses. We see that Christ is the better law, the fulfillment of the law. We see that Christ is the all in all, the Adonai, the sovereign. And so we see the giving of the commandments, we see, that the righteous and justice are the foundation of his throne. We see that the man, all people will be judged by his law or judged already through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this again has given us much joy, much uh, rejoicing, knowing that our payment has been paid in full, that we may enter into the holies of town and making his presence known. The unapproachable uh, holiness of God is hidden from the ignorant man that he is shrouded in the clouds of darkness. Righteousness and justice are upheld by his word, his law, his kingdom. The fire goes out before him and burns up the adversaries round about him. This illustration is God's dreadful justice unto his enemies. This again, it brings joy to us knowing that God is going to, uh, when he makes that judgment, when he clears the world of ignorant man, when he clears the world of the unrighteousness of man, the, uh, the pagan loving man or the idolatrous kind of man right here, when he makes it clear to that, God being a consuming fire, they will be without excuse and the righteous will rejoice in him. 
I know it's hard for us to comprehend, but the Bible teaches this. We will rejoice with him clearing the evil and the wicked away uh, as he promised in his word because he is a consuming fire. Think about this as we continue on. Fire goes out before him, burns up his adversaries round about. The fiery presence of God, the fire and the lightnings reveal his holiness that is also devouring and irresistible. There is no escape from this God. Also coming in a futuristic kind of way. When we leave here today, we will hopefully be thinking about the holiness of God next time we see a lightning storm, amen? And think how much more holy God is. His lightness light lit up the world. The earth sought and trembled. Now think about that word trembling. When's the last time we trembled at God's word? When's the last time we trembled in his presence? When's the last time we even considered the word tremble? And, and it's a convicting for me. I'm not trying to convict you, but I tell you, and, and as I was going through this psalm yesterday and trying to get everything worked out, and I praise God, he's doing the work this day. But when you think about the presence of God, the earth trembled, and man doesn't tremble at all. There's no fear of God before their eyes. The man that is lost, there's no fear of God before their eyes. But the day that we tremble, the day that you tremble, is the day that you came into salvation. So there, again, is a great rejoicing at the presence of God because when he made his presence known, he revealed to you your unholiness and it was supplied the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that you may come in being robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ into his presence. Amen. And this makes you very happy. This makes you very glad. You have something to say. You will not be able to contain it, keep it down, suppress it. Why? Because God is that merciful unto us. He has given us something that we didn't deserve. And that is His grace, His mercy. But think about His lightning in verse 4. His lightning light lit up the world. And the earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare His righteousness, and all the people see His glory. The weightiness of his glory, the weightiness of his majesty, his splendor, and all his glory, and all his power, the, the earth trembled. Have you ever trembled at God's word, and are we trembling today? But I don't want you to go into this psalm just thinking about the, the, the awfulness right here, the trembling and everything right here. This brings forth rejoicing, knowing who God is, knowing how pure and holy he is, he, is, he will not change for us. But he did make a way for us, and that's through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, as we approach his holiness. There's no way we'll be able to stand before God without the, without the holiness of Jesus Christ, the perfect salvation, the perfect law. Uh, he, 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 he completed the law in perfection, and without him we'd have no hope. hope. If you, the, the Bible's clear that there'd be not one defiled thing entered the kingdom of God. Why? Because God is a consuming fire. Amen. God is a consuming fire, meaning at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord, the whole earth. In this first one, we see at the presence of the Lord, this first one, the mountain melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. This is Yahweh. And notice that here, at the presence of the Lord, this is Adonai. That's interesting that they applied that right there. Simple reason that this is a picture of Christ. This is the gospel packaged in here by God's grace and God's mercy that we see His righteousness.
The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. I just want to back up one time to talk about this consuming fire, the manifestation of his appearance, of his wrath, of his holiness, of his glory. And when's the last time we thought about the, melt, the mountains melting? That the presence of Jesus Christ when he comes, everything's over, everything's done. Nothing rises up against him. Everything's level again, level at the cross. This makes us, to look at the, the glory of Christ, the omniscience of Christ, the omnipresence of Christ, the omnipotence of Christ, we see the glory of God in that that the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the heavens declare His righteousness, and all the peoples have seen His glory. Now that's the first day that we came into salvation and be something that we desire to, to want and to have the rest of our lives is to continue to see the glory, of glo- the glory of God through His Word. Amen? That's something we should be desiring right here because you can't come in contact with a God like this and not be changed forevermore. His righteousness, His Ten Commandments, the commandments of the law, His righteousness, meaning the summary of that, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is only given by the presence of God and to look upon His power, His weight, His brightness in the presence of His glory. The heavens declare His righteousness and all the people seeing His glory. You think about the nature that we see that God explode, uh, shows us and the, time, the times that everything is leveled out from hurricanes and tornadoes and lightnings. And every time somebody says they're going to ride out a hurricane halfway through, they wish they hadn't. Right? Because, and, but compared to God, he just gives us a sample of that, but, but compared to God, God is much more powerful than that. He's much more beautiful than that. His splendor, His majesty is, is incomprehensible in the sense of our uh, futile mind when we think about the presence of God and how glorious He is. This is a great rejoicing at this time. Even though we have all things attacking us today uh, from diseasing and everything else, God is still on the throne, amen? God, our God is still on the throne. He's going to take care of us as He sees fit, Amen? He's going to bring glory to himself by taking care of us. We are to trust in this God. We are not the tenth tenth of the Lord, our God, but we are to trust in him in all his glory and all his splendor in the resurrection of Jesus Christ by that power. Again, look into the future at the arrival when he is arriving back on the white horse. He's coming to make war. Amen. And he's going to clear the earth and the righteous will Praise God and praise Yahweh, praise Adonai, praise this God of glory when he cleanses the earth of all these things and make all things right. And the earth trembled. And I asked myself when I was going through this, when was the last time that I actually trembled before God's word, before him in his presence? And to my shame, I did not like the answer. We don't one time in our life take on Jesus Christ. He is not an addition as spoken as before. He is a way of life. And as we just looked at, we looked at the rejoicing of his presence. Now we look at the rejoicing as his judgments, like I have been alluding to when we see that 
Verse 7, let all those be ashamed who serve raven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all you little g gods. All idolaters would be put to shame. All of them to worship angels, all of them to worship Mary, all of them to worship self, all of them to worship everything except Jesus Christ himself and himself alone. All these things will be brought to shame. Every false religion will be brought to shame. We try to dumb it down to where we try to get everybody in. You have your way to get to Christ, and I have my way to get into Christ, to get in the kingdom of God. There's only one way. Jesus Christ is the way, not a way. He is the truth, not a truth. He is the life, not a life. It's only through him everything else is damned. Why? Because God is holy, pure, and right. His righteousness is the foundation uh, of His Word. His righteousness is Jesus Christ. Righteousness is the fulfillment of the law that we may enter into this. And we're going to rejoice, even though we can't comprehend it. We're going to rejoice when all the evil... You remember, can you imagine the day that you have no sickness? There's no battle with sin. It's only praise and worship of our King. There is coming a day. And this should give us great joy knowing there's coming a day that I will not be hindered at all, whether I can sing or whether I can't, right? Uh, regardless of the tune, if I hit it or not, or if you're like me, you're tuneless. And so, so these, the, it doesn't matter because God doesn't qualify you that way. He calls those to worship Him. And those that He calls, He qualifies. Amen? He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. That's glorious when you just think about all the different things that we have on the earth today, serving all kind of graven images. And we have a tendency just to think that this is something that we pound out. Jesus said, as it comes through and as it, the Scripture gives in the New Testament, is that we see that it's a carving out of an image in your mind. So Jesus didn't lower the bar. He raised the bar that much higher. And the evidence that you come to know Him is that this mark... This mark of Psalm 97, along with 18, the Psalm, uh, Isaiah chapter 6. The holiness of God has done something in our lives. The holiness of God is doing something in our lives. And the holiness of God will continue to do this work in our lives. We are to be separated from all these things. We are to hear these things, as in verse 8, we see Zion heard these, this and was glad. And the daughters of Judah were rejoiced have rejoiced because of the Lord's, the judgments of the Lord. We're glad that God is not changeable. Now, we, we throw that word around. It doesn't mean much to us, but it really should. God is immutable. He changes not. That is a big, solid doctrine that we need to grab a hold, keep him forevermore. He does not change for me or for you or anyone or anything or any world or any religion. He does not change. That's glorious because you can find great comfort in this God, knowing the terror of the Lord was what, what brought you in to the glories of God. The terror of the Lord, the terror of God brought you in by His great mercy and His judgments upon His Son when the Shekinah glory came down. All false worship will be judged. And we are going to rejoice because our righteous God, His righteousness 
will not bow the knee, will not change, will not alter, will not package it in a different uh, style. He will not rewrite the Bible to make it comfortable for me and you. He will do what? He will put to shame all these graven images that have, can do nothing, all these uh, false hopes that we have in our lives, meaning it could be money, it could be jobs, it could be uh, just being comfortable when it should be Him and Him alone, finding rejoicing in His presence, rejoicing in His judgments, and delighting in the spirit of this song. The God's, uh, God's final victory has already been tasted in advance when you think about this great deliverance of the city of Zion. Zion heard this and was glad. Now, let's just ask ourselves right now, are we a happy people? Are you happy right now? Are you happy not because uh, uh, of your circumstances, but happy and rejoicing and settled and just, uh, just loving the Lord? Because that's the question that it comes to our mind, to our heart. Am I really happy? Am I, am, I, am I really rejoicing in the Lord? Am I satisfied in Him? If not, there may be an idol that needs to be slaughtered. Amen? With Zion heard this, the daughters of Judah rejoiced because of the judgments of the Lord. The judgment which was spelt, was spelt disaster in Israel's enemies. They have brought rejoicing to Zion for those who gathered in God's sanctuary. The perfect judgment of Christ. God shows himself to them, uh, as the most high over all the earth. Even the biggest ruler that we ever had on this earth will bow the knee to Christ. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You may not do it here. The world may not do it here. right? But I tell you, you will do it. Just like the Bible says, is that we will worship the one and true only God and then they'll perish forevermore. Why? Because God's righteousness is over all the earth. For you, in verse 9, for you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. We, this doesn't even deserve uh, uh, anything to be, to be unpacked here. But I tell you, I'll give you a, a, a response that uh, Dr. Lawson gave. He said, in this response to this divine wrath, the redeemed in the heavens will lift up their voices and proclaim his righteousness. The heavens declare his righteousness and glory. We will rejoice at the triumph of our Lord and exalt Him forevermore. The day that He comes back, we should be looking for the day that He comes back as we continue to rejoice in His presence, to rejoice in His judgments, and now we see rejoicing as His preservation. He preserves us. If we belong to God. We will always belong to God. Amen? That's good news today. If we belong to God, we will always belong to God. But listen what it says here. It gives a command. It gives an, uh, 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 an exaltation here at the same time because uh, the, the command is hate evil. That's what the command is, to hate evil. The evidence that you come to know Him, the evidence that you come to rejoice in, in Him and find in His presence a, a delightful uh, matter and finding his judgments delightful because he is God uh, is one of the evidence that you've come to know him is that your new life now hates sin. 
Amen? It's just your nature's been changed, and now you're naturally going to hate sin. That's the, I mean, and what replaces that, it pushes that out. Hate and sin is because the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. Is that you delight in the Lord, you delight in who He is, but it says here to hate sin, to hate evil, every appearance of it. Don't even play with it. Don't even ponder it in your mind. Repent of it quickly as it enters into your mind. Why? You who love the Lord hate evil. Hate evil, ye who love the Lord, who preserves the soul of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Simple, isn't it? If God before you, who could be against you? In the toughest of times, in, in the uh, nervousness of many things, when we are out in the street, whether we be out in the street, whether we be here or there, when the uprising of the people come and want to tear us down, which that's coming more and more every day, right? They're not going to touch you if you're in the center of God's will. Amen? If you're in the center of God's will, they're not going to touch you. Now, it may be God's will that they touch you, so you've got to keep your balance there, but keeping God first in your life, seek first the kingdom of God, not seek second the kingdom of God and His righteousness, but seek first. And that's, the again, the evidence that you come to know Him is that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, and you now hate evil. You hate all your past ways, and this is the evidence that you come to know Him is that you are worshiping God and all His radiance of His righteousness and all his uh, calling to righteousness and all his holiness is that we see the first mark is that you hate evil those who love Yahweh who preserves the souls of his godly ones that's wonderful news so any false religion believe that they can uh, lose their salvation it's a false religion unless there's the immaturity and they haven't grown up out of it and if they are grown in, they come to faith in that, they won't be able to stay in it. Why? Because the Bible says plainly, the Lord's in charge of our salvation, not us. Amen? So when he adopts us into his family, we are his forevermore. The evidence that you come to know him, the evidence that you can be rejoicing at his preservation is that he is preserving you, he is teaching you, he is convicting you, he is commanding you to, to turn away from evil, turn and hate evil, Right And to love the Lord, love righteousness, uh, and He will preserve you until the end. That's the evidence. That is not your ability to hang on to your salvation. That's you working out your salvation. God holds the reins, reigns over all things. God is the one that delivers them from the hand of the wicked. And that's glorious. Man, that's glorious. And I'm ashamed to say that it deserves so much more than what I'm able to bring here today. Amen. This is so. This is so high, and this is so holy. Um, it it just deserves the trembling at God's word that I cannot make anybody or myself tremble. But I want to. I desire to, in a, in a holy way that it would honor God, not just to say that I trembled, but the thought of how glorious God is. Can we picture what Scripture gives us about the glories of God? That's challenging. It should be. What is it that you're compromising with that hinders you from looking upon God in all His beauty? What hinders the light? Well, it's unrighteousness. It's, it's, uh, it's something that you have created. We see that we do have here that 
Those that love the Lord hate evil. It's a call to righteousness because he, he preserves the soul, his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Man, that's good. The cause of righteousness is the evidence that we despise evil. The psalmist instructs those to, to love the Lord to despise evil. That is to live in faithful obedience to the righteous standards, to his righteous standards. Being faithful, they will be delivered from the wicked. This is encouraging to hold on to. This is our victory. This is our promise from God that He will preserve us. He will no wise let us, go, let us go. He will not let us go by our disobedience. He will not let us go from the wicked attacking us because of our righteousness. He will preserve us. And so light shines out of us the fruit of the Spirit comes out of us. It's His fruit, and He'll be producing fruit in us. It's His fruit. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, that's the first thing. That's agape kind of love. That's a love that shows love to every kind of person, every kind of species, every kind of everything. But it does not comp compromise all the righteousness of God. The world that they use the world the word love to 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 sin against God in an evil kind of way to love everything and just accept them as they are. No, we are to be accepted in the beloved. We are to be uh, springing forth abundantly, such as uh, the rejoicing that the light of God has shined abroad, shine abroad in our hearts and our minds. And now we we uh, depend upon Him. We are glad. Uh, the imperative here, again, rejoices uh, with gladness. We see uh, it's nothing not to contemplate, but to actually exercise. Amen? It's not just to say, not to leave here today, just to say that, well, I heard about gladness, I need to be happy. Right? Well, there's a truth to that. You're called to do that, but you can't put a fake happy out there. Because it's going to show up on you. Amen? It, it, that's the way the Lord works. We have to, he, because he sees on the inside. You can fool everybody in the room, all your, uh, all your people that you know. You can fool all of them. But God looks upon the heart, and when we, when He looks upon the heart, the gladness of for the upright at heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones. Give thanks to His holy name. Now, giving thanks is something that is common to us. Why? Because He hasn't cast me away. He changed me from hating Him to loving Him. And you always have something to thank the Lord about. Always. Always. Even in the toughest of times, you're always in this command, this imperative, to rejoice and to be glad in the Lord. Always. Not sometimes. Always. For it goes a step further, for this seed of righteousness and gladness for the upright. This is the seed, it is the evidence that God has planted that seed within us for us to be, as verse 12, to be glad in the Lord. You righteous ones, His righteousness, being robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, not compromising His holy name, not making 
uh, a, a, uh, a, just a coverall for Jesus is holy. But do we believe in his holiness? To remember the holiness of God. To be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones. See, he doesn't call us sinners. He calls us righteous ones. Did you notice that? Those that have been robed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, he no longer calls them sinner. Now, he calls us the righteous ones. And that's only by his righteousness. And therefore, that should give us a smile upon our face, knowing that we're righteous only because of Christ's righteousness, being robed in that righteousness, that we may have great, great joy, great comfort in knowing that this God will preserve us. This God will give the increase as we seek him, to give thanks unto his holy name, to be glad. The people of God should be uh, a people of great gratitude of the uh, providence of God's grace. should excite us. We should be a happy people. We should represent the light. Amen? And called to acknowledge, the righteous are called to acknowledge and to praise the righteous Lord with gladness because of their blessing of joy and spiritual prosperity. Speaking of the true light. We see now that we come to the conclusion here, that what do we walk away with today? So when we get down to this, and every time we close in Scripture, we need to ask ourselves, so what? And so when we ask ourselves this question, so what does this mean to us? So what do I walk away with today? Right? I should be walking away with a joyful heart, knowing that the, the Bible calls us to rejoice in Him. Again, I say rejoice in Him. Looking at the throne of Jesus Christ upon the throne. Looking at the sovereignty, knowing that God uh, will bring all things into His righteous judgment. Knowing that and rejoicing in it. We also have a rejoicing in knowing that we belong to God. And we always will belong to God. Right? And again, I want to close with this scripture uh, here in just a minute. I want to give this little uh, paragraph right here at the end said, if you sincerely determine to please God, your desires will align with His desires. Did you hear that? If you are determined, now we can be pretty much determined people, right? But if you are determined, or if you're sincerely with a true heart, in verse 10, right, says this, because if you are sincerely determined to please God, your desires will align with His desires, as He that worketh in you both to will and to do according to His good pleasure. Amen? And so if it's sin, it's not his good pleasure. It's yours. You can never accuse God of sinning. Let me go on and I'll finish. You will love what God loves and you will hate what God hates. You will love the Lord. You will hate what is displeasing him. If you excuse the actions of, the pe of people who take advantage of others... If you elevate people who only look out for themselves, or if you envy those who get ahead using any means, then you have moved away from what pleases God. Learn to love God in God's ways and resist evil in every form, not only in the obvious sins, but also in the socially accepted ones. Did you hear that? 
but also the socially accepted sins of the world. To have a high view of Scripture leads to a high view of God, which leads to a life marked out in holy living. The evidence that we've come to love this God, to know this God, knowing that Yahweh, Adonai, the Sovereign One, is on the throne governing all things, we are completely satisfied in Him and rejoicing forevermore. Amen? Let us guard ourselves from letting the world tear us down, that we may look on Romans 11, verse 33, and we'll close with this scripture. And may this be a reality in our lives as we look at the beauty and the majesty and the splendor of our God. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who had become His counselor? Or who has first given to Him that it might be paid back to Him again? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things and to Him be the glory forever, and I will add, forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the scripture that you've given us today. Let us look upon our hearts, Lord, that we may be able to hear what your scripture said to us today. Lord, for those that are looking on the internet, that we may say, Lord, am I truly happy? Do I have the joy of the Lord within me? Am I depressed? If I don't know what to do with my life, the Bible says serve the Lord. And that answers that question. Am I seeking to do your desires in a life separated from the world and separated unto you? Lord, would you do a work that needs to be done? Help me, Lord. Help us to be a church uh, of this of these members, Lord, and even outside of that, that we would be a church that has a high view of who you are, that causes us, Lord, to live a holy life unto you. And for the glory of the Lamb, this is the least that we can do, as given in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Help us, Lord, to be conformed to the image of your Son. Do what is necessary that we would have a high and holy view of you. Let us go about this day rejoicing in your presence, rejoicing in your judgments, in your preservation, that we were preserved by you no matter what's happening outside this world, that we may humbly come to you and know that you are our Father, our God, the Holy One of Israel. And to you, Lord, we give you the glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen.